Let's take our Bibles and turn back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number 2. We have, the Lord has led us into a series of messages about the beginning, in the beginning. And uh, we're going to carry on in it a little bit further this morning. Uh, we've learned the past few weeks, uh, maybe we've learned it, maybe you've learned it, or maybe you've been reminded of it, uh, but Lord willing, it's become a biblical conviction for your life. It's, it is because the Bible is the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of the living God. And I, again, Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, for the Word of of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. And we have to, we have to, we, I've said it often the past few weeks, don't let the culture of this world take your Bible from you. It is the Word of God. Cultures will come and go. Fashions will fade. Ideas will disappear. But the Word of the Lord endureth forever. Amen. So let's make sure that it is the conviction of your, of your Christianity, your life, your worldview, and our church that we, we believe the Bible to be the Word of God. Uh, we've learned that uh, God created the heavens and the earth. We learned that God did that in six literal days. Uh, we, we learned that God created Adam and Eve, that they weren't an allegory, they, they, there wasn't, it's not folklore, they were real flesh and bone human beings, that God created the first humans, and we know them as Adam and Eve, and we also learned last Sunday morning that God made the first human relationship, that God built family, and God designed family through Adam and Eve, and uh, we, uh, we, uh, we considered all these things, uh, but today it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a bad turn, because this morning we're going to look at Adam and Eve's sin. Everything was good. Everything was awesome until Adam and Eve went their own way, chose their own path. This is a sermon in a sermon. Adam and Eve chose their own way, chose their own path, and their world fell apart. Did you hear it? Adam and Eve went outside of God's creative design, outside of the will of God. We know it is sin now. And sin ruins our lives. Amen? Amen. Now please, again, and we, we tried, I tried my best to God's help Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, that you might say, well, I'm not doing that sin. But again... Sin has ruined your life. It has brought it has brought misery, sorrow, pain, death, suffering into your personal life. And so what Adam and Eve sinned, sin destroyed their lives. It destroyed God's plan for their life. And what is sin? It's simply not following God's rules. It's simply breaking God's law. It's not doing what God has commanded us to do. And when we come short of that, our lives are broken because of it. So Genesis chapter number 2, let's look at verse number 15 through 17. Then we're going we're to look also at Genesis 3, verse 6 and 7. 
Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. If you're there, say amen. Amen. It's good to be here, isn't it? Amen. Amen. This is the word of God. Verse 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it, to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. Now maybe emphasize this in your Bible, in your heart. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Thou shalt surely die. Chapter 3, we know the story, we know what's happened. And again, these are real human beings, and a real creation. And everything is perfect until chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And there it went. There comes a moment, isn't there? And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. It's sad. You think, well, you might have an alt against him, because... Maybe one day when you get to glory, if you know Jesus, amen, you can say, why? And Adam would say, why did you? Verse 7, and the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They were ashamed. For the first time, they had shame, grief, and sorrow because of their sin. And that's what sin does in our lives every single time, amen, every time. Now, I want, to, I want to remind you again before I pray, I've said it often, what's the big deal what Adam and Eve did? They didn't, like, rob a bank. They didn't commit some terrible act of fornication. What did they do? They traded a relationship with God for a piece of fruit. That's what they did. That's wicked, isn't it? They traded God away for their own desires. Our Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for this morning. Lord, help us to see this this terrible scene unfolding and help us to come to terms with it in our own personal lives. We are the sons and daughters of Adam. Lord, we are created in the image of God. Lord, we bear their characteristics. Lord, we are just as much human as they were human. We would recognize them as human beings. They had hair, eyes, ears, hands, fingers, a body. But Lord, we identify not only with them through our bodies, but Lord, we identify with them through now their brokenness, their shame, their suffering, and all of the negative results of our lives that have turned away from you. And remind us, Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said, lest any of us should get the wrong idea, all we like sheep have turned astray. We have turned everyone into our own way. And Lord, we sin because we are sinners. And Lord, I pray, God, that your word would help us today. And Lord, that you would change our lives by it. In your name, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen. I want to insert this again first because they talk about it all the time and the church should always have an answer for it. If If we want people to turn from a culture of sin and the wrong worldview or the wrong way, then we as a church, we have to have a counterculture to that. And what we're offering 
is Scripture, the Word of God, but more importantly, or, or also, the Gospel of Jesus Christ. So it would be easy for me to say, get up here and always say what is wrong, instead of not saying what is right and what God wants for our lives. Amen? So God wants us to turn from sin and turn to Him. But the world teaches us, because they talk about it, I want us to be clear about it scripturally, that, that there was death before the first humans. And we know that as, as evolution. But Scripture teaches us very clearly, and this is one of my greatest scriptural arguments against evolution, is that Scripture teaches that death happened after Adam and Eve sinned. That death did not bring about Adam and Eve through millions of years of death, decay, and adaptation into different species, but that Adam and Eve were created by God and that death Death ruined the lives of Adam and Eve. That death was, didn't bring about through evolutionary processes to get us to the point where we have humans, but that death came after humans sinned in the Garden of Eden. Now, I believe in what's called a microevolution. That's how we came from a wolf to a Yorkie, or that's called adaptation. That's, that's, that has been scientifically observed. Uh, we, we, that's, it's not a change in kind, though. It's like horses are different, but they're still horses. Birds are different, but they're still birds. Um, uh, bugs are different, but they're still bugs. Uh, but macroevolution is a change in another species, which has never been observed scientifically. There has never been an observation of a bird becoming this. Birds are birds. Mammals are mammals. Humans are are humans, and again we've discussed that throughout the weeks, that after his kind and after their kind, the word of God says, after their kind. So Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, amen? And sin destroyed God's perfect plan for Adam and Eve and his creation. And sin will do the same thing to our lives. It destroys God's perfect plan for our lives. So Adam and Eve sinned, and guess what happened? Sin cursed the paradise that God had made. Sin ruined everything, and it always does. Sin cursed God's creation. When Adam and Eve sinned, creation was a place where they thrived in. It was paradise, but after sin entered into the world, creation began to be a place where they had to survive in. It was a place where life got hard. Uh, before everything got along, and then after sin, everything was against each other. Everything was different now from this point on. That's why it's hard to make a living. It's hard to get by. It seems now that creation is living off the lives of other things within the creation. So mosquito lives off of you. Off of you. Uh, a briar, it spreads its seeds by sticking its hook in a, in a dog's hide, and it lives off of it. So everything began to fight against each other. There was no death until Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden. We all got along. We was all herbivores. We was all eating good. There was no bloodshed. But the first bloodshed that ever took place was when God killed an animal and made a covering for Adam and Eve and blood began to shed on God's creation. It was a place of peace before sin, but sin ruins God's perfect plan. Amen? And sin, it absolutely did. It, it ruined God's perfect paradise, his perfect creation. Remember we said, we learned in chapter 1, in verse 31, 
And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good, God said. And then Adam and Eve sinned, and then it became very bad after that. So sin, it it cursed the paradise that God has made. And I want you to make a note of that. And isn't that true from our experience? We're looking for Beulah land because this ain't home, is it? Sin cursed the paradise that God has made. But secondly, what did sin do? Sin cursed Adam and Eve's life too. They were to live forever. They had it made until they disobeyed the will and the word of God. Now what we've been dealing with, really, this is an attack on the word of God. A world that takes God out of it is a world that is not created by God. And so the devil wants to take God out of the universe, and that's what he's done. That through the universe that the world says did not happen through the power of God. And you take God out of the universe, you take God out of somebody's life, you take God out of God's plan for their life, and then misery always is the, is, is the result of that. Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, sin cursed Adam and Eve's, Adam and Eve's life. Look what happened to Eve. And the woman, he said, God told Eve, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And many of the ladies here have experienced this, haven't you? This is a result of sin in God's creation. So that the pain of childbirth, the struggle of pregnancy, is a result of sin in our lives. And the Word of God says also that, And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. So now she has pain in childbirth and she's under subjection unto her husband. So sin changed Eve's life. In verse number 17 through 19, we see that sin changed Adam's life. And God said unto Adam, He said, Behold, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. Now it's a struggle, Adam. It was paradise, but not anymore. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow thou shalt eat of it all the days of thy life. Now we've got to go to work and labor. We had it made. Sin is a laborious activity in our lives. Sin brings strain to our lives. Sin brings sorrow to our lives. Sin brings pain to our lives. Sin has ruined what God had in mind for our lives. And Adam sinned, and now, now, cursed is the ground for thy sake, Adam. Look at verse 18. Thorns and thistles in chapter 3, thou shalt it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Verse 19, in the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and dust shalt thou return. So now everything is harder because of sin. And so sin cursed God's creation, and sin cursed Adam and Eve's Life. And again, make note of this into our own lives. Sin destroys God's plan for your life. And so when God is saying to you and I, when the gospel is being presented, hey, turn from your sin and receive Jesus as your Savior, God is trying to help you. God is trying to reverse what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. He's trying to reverse the curse. 
And so when God is offering you salvation through Jesus and he's saying turn from yourself and turn to Jesus, that is God trying to help you. It's not God saying he's not condemning you. He's not not condemning your life so much because Jesus said this is condemnation that you're already condemned. You're already condemned. Jesus said I didn't come to condemn the world. I come that you might have life. Jesus came to save the world. I didn't come to condemn it. I came to save it because it's already messed up. It's already messed up. And so the gospel isn't a condemnation to the world. It is, a, it is the world's already jacked up. It's messed up. It already is. And Jesus says, come to me and I'll reverse the sin problem in your life. But did you catch verse 19? So sin, it cursed God's creation. Remember Romans 8, even now creation groaneth, waiting for the redemption of our bodies. So when we, when Jesus comes and resurrects our bodies, Peter said there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and God will reverse the curse of sin in His creation and also in our lives. I'm looking forward to that, aren't you? Even so, Lord Jesus, come. But in Genesis chapter 3, verse 19, God said... He's speaking of death. For dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt return. So Adam, you're going to die now. You're going to die. Remember what God said in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17? Hey, don't eat of the tree of, of the knowledge of good and evil, Adam. Don't do that. Thou shalt not eat of it, God said. So God says, thou shalt not eat of it. That would be enough. But then God says, he's kind to him and says, don't eat of it. For in the day thou eatest thou of... Thereof thou shalt surely die. What is the result of sin in our lives? Death. Death. Most of all, sin brought death into the world, didn't it? It brought death and heartache and misery into the world. Now Romans chapter 5 says that you, you have genetically, sinfully, came from Adam and Eve. That you're in Adam and Eve. They're, they're, your, they're your ancestors. They're your great, great, great tenths of the exponent, mammal and papal. And so sin has been passed down into your life. And the wage of sin is what? Death. Now we have a big problem, don't we? So sin... Where God said, let there be life, sin came into the world, and now because of sin, it brought what? Death. Now, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, in Adam, are you in Adam? You're not a different species, are you? Are you human? In Adam, all, anybody know it? It's all sin, but in Adam, all die. 1 Corinthians 15. Are you in Adam? So in Adam, you're in Adam, you're not out of a different kind. Adam and Eve, after their kind, death entered into the world. So sin has brought death into the world. And the wages of sin, Romans 6.23, is death. And in Romans chapter 3, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is what? Death. And that means all have sinned. That means all have the sentence of death in their life, don't we? We all do. Because of sin. Now, the Bible speaks of three kinds of sin. The first one is spiritual death. 
And that happened to Adam and Eve. And spiritual death separates you from God. Listen carefully, please, through this part of the sermon. Here's what death is. Death is really a separation. That's what death is. So when someone dies physically, you know what we're sad about? Because they're separated from us physically. We don't get to hug them anymore in this life. We don't get to touch them anymore. That's why we're so grieved. So here's what death is, the short answer. Death is separation. That's what death is. But death is not the end, is it? We know that scripturally. So what is death? Death is separation. And Adam and Eve, when they sinned, the moment that they sinned, and some would say, well, they didn't die immediately. Yes, they did. They died spiritually immediately. Now, spiritual death, if physical death separates me from Brittany, spiritual death, what? Separates you from God. So Adam and Eve sinned, and they died spiritually, and they were separated from God the moment they sinned in the Garden of Eden. So what happened when they sinned? They knew that they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together in verse 8 of chapter 2. God came looking for them, and they hid themselves from the presence of God for the first time in their existence. That because of sin, sin had separated them from a right relationship with God. Here's what they said in their heart. I don't need you, God. I don't want you, God. I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to live a different life. I am. You are dead to me, God. And that's what sin is. And the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, that you before you're born again, are dead in trespasses and sins. You are dead spiritually. Now what does it mean to be dead spiritually? It means that that God is dead to you. You have no desire for God. You have no interest for God. You have no craving for God. No hunger for God. The gospel to you is meaningless, boring, dull, and dreary. You aren't moved by Jesus dying for your sins. You don't rejoice that He arose from the dead. You can live and die any way you please because you are spiritually dead from the great truth of God in your life. God is meaningless to you. The Bible is meaningless to you. Church is meaningless to you. Am I on target here? That's what it means to be spiritually dead. In the book of Ephesians, Paul says this about it, chapter 4, verse 18, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. That's what it means to be spiritually dead. You are separated from the life of God. You've probably said this way about people. You know what they need? They need the Lord in their life. You ever said that? They need the Lord. You know what you're saying? You're saying what Paul said, that person is alienated, separated from the life that is to be found in God. That person is spiritually dead. The book of Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 says this, But your iniquities, what's that? Sin. Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Hey, God is holy and absolutely perfect. Amen? And He can't be around you while you have sin in your life, on your life, 
and embracing it and enjoying it and loving it and being in sin, and we're all from Adam and we're born into sin, why are little toddlers liars? You ever met a little lying toddler? They all lie. What is, what, is the, what is the great apostle say? He says this about us, that all men are liars. So they're all, you might say, well, not my sweet baby, then you're lying. You know why we're all liars, don't you? You know why we don't have to teach a child to lie? Because they are sinners. They've been born after their own kind. And they're in Adam, aren't they? And Adam and Eve sinned, and Romans chapter 5 says that although we didn't sin after the the similitude of Adam's transgressions, although we didn't do it just like him, we're from him and we sin because it is our nature to sin. Correct? Where'd you get that genetic trait from? From daddy, Adam. I got a dog. I say this a lot. You say you've used this illustration before, but my dog barks. My dog throws up and eats it. My dog chases his tail. My dog does weird stuff. My dog howls when the ambulances drive by. You know why, don't you? You know why he acts that way? He's a dog. He's a dog. I'm gonna, we're going to get ahead for a second. That's why Jesus said, you must be born again. Because in Adam, you are spiritually dead. Amen? So Adam and Eve sinned, and immediately Adam died spiritually. Immediately. He separated from a right relationship with God. And then God said, Adam, you know what? You're going back to the dust of the earth. So what happened also to Adam and Eve? They died physically. So here's the sermon. Are you listening? Sin brought spiritual death into your life. And you're born that way. You are born spiritually dead. Did you hear me? You are not born a Christian. You are born lost and alienated from the life that is in God. You are born dead. So if you're only born once, you're going to die twice. You die spiritually, and you're going to die eternally. And really three, you're going to die physically. But if you've been born twice, you've received Jesus as your Savior, you're only going to die once physically. But all of us are born dead. Okay? So Adam and Eve sinned. They died spiritually immediately. Adam and Eve sinned. The wage of sin is what? Death. Not only did they die spiritually, they also died physically. And physical death is what separates you from your loved ones. It's what separates you from this life on earth. That's why we have cemeteries. That's why there's funeral homes. That's why there's hospitals. That's why there's Alzheimer's. That's why there's cancer and heart disease and diabetes. And all of that is because sin, the wage of sin is what? Death. Hebrews 9.27 is appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. You will die unless Jesus raptures His church and you beat it and you know Him. But keep that in your heart. You are on a destiny towards physical death. 
and after this, the judgment. And not only did they die spiritually and physically, but they also died, sinners die eternally. What is eternal death then? If if spiritual death separates you from the life of God, and physical death separates you from your physical earthly loved ones, then spiritual, then eternal death eternally separates you from God and eternally separates you from your Christian loved ones. Eternally. You know what eternal death is? Forever. Forever. The book of Daniel says this about eternal death. The book of Daniel says in Daniel chapter 12, verse number 2, And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. The book of Revelation speaks of eternal death this way. Revelation chapter number 20 and verse number 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Jesus says that hell is a place of eternal torment in Luke chapter 16, verse number 23. He says it's unquenchable fire in Mark chapter 9, verse 43. And he says it's a place where the worm dieth not in Mark chapter number 9, verse number 48. It is eternal separation from God. Would you agree with me? That is serious. That is is a serious, eternal subject, isn't it? It's serious. Sin has brought death into the world. Now, are you a human being? Then you're in Adam. And you're born in sin. And you're spiritually apart from Jesus Christ. We're getting to Him. If you don't know the Lord as Savior, you are spiritually dead. You're going to die physically. Listen to me. And if you die physically in that condition, you will be eternally separated from God forever in a place of unquenchable fire, in a place of eternal torment, in a place where the worm dieth not, in a place of outer dark, utter darkness. In the place the book of Revelation says is a lake of fire. In a place where the rich man said in the book of Luke, he said, I, w- I wish I had a drop of water to dip on my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. A place of eternal misery. A place of of railing, Jesus said, and gnashing of teeth. A place of eternal agony and separation from God. Now some heart might say, well, how could a loving God do that to me? First of all, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, you are you a whosoever? Believeth in Him should not what? Perish. Should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. And what is life then? If death is separation from God, then life is reunion with God. 
Life is being with God. Life is knowing God. Life is fellowship with God. That's why Jesus said, I am life. That's why he said in John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. I am life. John 10, 10, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly, didn't he? He said, I am the true bread that came from heaven. And if any man needed this bread and drink of my, drink of my blood, he will live forever, didn't he? Amen. So somebody could say here today, well, that's awful cruel. Why? That God sent his son and Jesus died an agonizing death and that Christ took upon your sin and died in your stead and received your just punishment and they threw him in the ground like you're going to be. And then what happened? He arose from the dead. So, so Paul who said, it's good, ain't it? So Paul who said, in Adam all die. In Adam all die. Anybody who's a human is dead. They're dead spiritually, born that way. They're going to die physically. And if they don't know God, they're going to die eternally. And how do we know God, Jason? The apostles said, the disciples said, how do I know the way? And then Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, and no man cometh unto the Father except by Him. Amen? So they, in Adam, all die. But Paul said, in Christ, didn't he, Bryson? All who are in Christ are what? Made alive. Amen? So what is God's solution to death? Jesus Christ. He's the answer, ain't he? He's the life. He is the only way out. He's the only one that can save you. He's the only one that can bring life where there is death. Amen? He's the only hope I got. He's the only hope you got. Amen? So are you in Adam? Everybody says amen. But the question is, are you in Christ? Are you in Christ? John said, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Those who received him are born again, John chapter number 3. Are you in Christ? Are you in Jesus? If you are, the Bible says the moment that you believed upon Him, you were born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Again, 1 Corinthians 15, Paul said that flesh and blood shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You've got to be born spiritually. Amen. And those of us who could say, I've been born again, you can say that the great result of that is a life relationship with God the Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that spirit which was dead because of spiritual death, separation from God, when we've received Christ as our Savior, the Holy Spirit of God awakened us and gave us life through the person of Jesus Christ. And now God moves us 
And now God is, we're in a relationship with Him. And now we love the things of God. And now we want to obey God. And now what the law could not do when it was weak through sinful flesh, God, through His Spirit, He is quickening our mortal bodies. And you know what? Now I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. And the things that I used to love in my sinful flesh are now the things I run from through the Spirit of the living God. And if that same Spirit that dwelt in you also shall, also, that also arose Christ from the dead, it will change your life. You know why? Because you're not spiritually dead anymore. That's why. Jesus is the second Adam. The first Adam brought a curse, but the second Adam, amen, came bringing life. All of us are in Adam, but only some of us are in Jesus. Only some of us. God, who made the world in the person of Jesus Christ, He invaded His own creation, didn't He? And He, in the wilderness of sin, in the wilderness, because Adam changed Eden into wilderness. Remember, Jesus in the book of Mark was tempted of the devil in the wilderness and yet without sin. Adam sinned in paradise, and Jesus did not sin in the wilderness because of sin. And he lived a perfect life. And he died on a cross as a sinner in the place of sinners, in the likeness of sinful flesh. And Jesus took your sin upon His body, on the tree. He was numbered with the transgressors. And He died a sinner's death on Mount Calvary. My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? Separated from His Father so You could be reconciled through His death and resurrected through His resurrection. Does God love you, friend? Absolutely. Has sin destroyed your life? Absolutely. But Jesus came. And Jesus is offering you life today. He's creating a new creation in you if you'll let Him. What the devil has destroyed, Jesus will rebuild. What the devil has ruined, Jesus will make it right. Where sin has brought shame, you'll be covered in His righteousness. He'll make a garment for you. He covered the first humans in animal skin, but because of Jesus, you'll be covered in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And He'll see you not in your sin, but in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And one of these days, you as a Christian, if you've been born again, if you're a Christian, you have been. One of these days, He'll also even redeem our vile bodies. And corruption will put on incorruption. And what sin has destroyed and where sin brought death, when Jesus steps out on a cloud of glory, when He invades His creation for a second time, He will resurrect us from the dead. And from the dust we came and from the dust we shall return. But out of the dust of the ground our rotten bodies even, 
He will resurrect us and we shall be like Him. Amen? John the Apostle said it right. I'm closing. It doth not yet appear what I shall be, but I do know when He appears, I shall be like Him. And Job said in my flesh, though he said, let's back up, though worms devour my body, but yet in my flesh, you see the irony there? In my flesh, I shall see God. I know my Redeemer liveth. Amen? And so what sin has absolutely destroyed, Jesus will absolutely redeem and restore. Even our vile bodies. Amen? And I'm through now, but listen, even when He comes back, this old sin-cursed world that's full of trash, I'm, I'm talking about real trash, nasty litter all over the place, briars coming up all over the place, pulp plants and vines growing on our green beans, we got to work so hard this place is falling apart. It is, isn't it? There'll be a new heaven and a new earth. And the Lord Jesus Christ will be the king of that great city. Amen? It'll be perfect. Be perfect. If you're in Jesus. But if you're not. Now some of you might be thinking, it's getting late, Josh. Hey, you all wanted to change the service time to 11. We're not following 12 o'clock. We're following Jesus' time. We're on Jesus' time. We're on the Lord's time. Amen? It's the Lord's day. I'm about through, but this is the Lord's time. You know why? You know what? I could set through a service if I knew somebody got born again, couldn't you? But what if they do? What if they do get born again? And if you're a Christian, and you know, you, if you're a Christian and you've been born again, then can't you bear with me while God's working on us? Can we tarry on a few more seconds? Because there might be somebody in this place that God's dealing with and they heard for the first time that they're in Adam and they're spiritually dead and they're going to physically die. And if they die spiritually, if they die physically while they're dead spiritually, they're going to be eternally dead. Forever separated from the grace of God. There's a lot going on in this room. You know that? There's a lot going on. A lot's happening. If you're in Adam, it's appointed unto you once to die. And after that, the judgment. Now don't be self-righteous to think, oh, not me. What have you traded for a right relationship with God? What have you decided that you would rather have than God? If you want a life without God, then God will give you what you want. You know that? And you're hearing the gospel now, and if you go from this place and you're saying, I want an eternity without God, then God will give you what you want, if that's what you want. Adam and Eve, if you want to sin, I didn't see God running in there to stop it, did you? If you want a life without God and you reject Jesus Christ and by your rejection you're saying that you want an eternal life without God, then that is what you'll have. But God's got a better plan. 
and it's Jesus. And he's got a better way, and it's him. This morning, if you're not saved and unchristian, you're in Adam, you've not been born again, you've not received Jesus as your Savior, you are spiritually dead, and if you die in that condition, you will be eternally separated from God and His grace. But here's the great news right now in this moment. God is offering you His Son right now today. And He died and arose for you. And if you'll receive Him as your Savior, you'll have everlasting life. Forgiveness of sins, spiritual restoration, and a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. All you've got to do is receiving. As we stand to our feet, you say, well, how do I receive Him as my Savior? You just simply receive Him. How, does, how do I do that? You believe upon Him. You trust in Him. You come with your heart in that condition. Are you listening to me? You come. I remember Brother Bunny used to say, Debbie, he used to say, don't be riding around your keys, your keys yet. Don't be putting your purses over your shoulder yet. Amen? <laughs> How do I receive Jesus? You come with a heart like this. Lord, I'm going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm heading the wrong direction. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to ask. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But here's what the heart says. Jesus, I just want you. I believe on you. I'm trusting in you. I don't know how to tell you, but I'm just, I want you. I need you. You're going to be my Lord and my Savior. And all that God has for me, for, for me in you, Jesus, I want it. I don't want none of me. I want all of you. Is that your heart this morning? Is that what your heart's crying out for? If it is, then receive him. Say yes to him. Maybe you'd like to come to this morning and talk to me. Say, Brother Josh, I want to be saved. I need some help. I'd like to talk about it some more. You want to grab my hand or hug my neck and tell me that? I would love to talk to you about it. Maybe you're a Christian. You've went the wrong way again for a while. Hey, it's time to come back, isn't it? It's time to come back in a right relationship with God. Look how much He loves you. Look what He's done for you. Amen? Amen. Let's sing together just as I am. Help us, Jesus.